This is exactly right. Forgive me for interrupting. I'm Bridger Weiniger, host of I Said No Gifts on Exactly Right. Each week, I invite my favorite people in comedy over to chat, and they always bring a gift. We're coming up on our 200th episode, and every episode is a gem. I have welcomed all kinds of great guests, including Cola Scola, Bowen Yang, Robbie Hoffman. It goes on and on and on. And you don't want to miss the 200th episode with the great Maria Bamford. What does she bring me? Find out April 25th. New episodes every Thursday. Follow I Said No Gifts wherever you get your podcasts. Ow. I have a rope burn. <laughs> that really hurt. You just <laughs> clapped on your own rope burn? Yes, I did. It That's a first. A See, I, this, this is going to be a great episode. This is all about firsts. Were you playing tug of war? What happened? No, I was backpacking. I was backpacking and I was trying to hair, hang a bear bag and I stepped on some sticks and fell backwards and for some reason tried to grab the rope to stop myself, but it was like one of those thin ropes and it just mm. was oh, yeah. as I went mm-hmm. down. Mm. So it's just like a little hot burn. Well, all right, Scotty, get us started. Right. Yeah, we're, we're starting low status. We're going to raise it up. Here you go, Curdy <laughs> B. You ready for yeah, one? I am, I am, I am. British man gets dentures back 11 years after <laughs> losing them in Spain. <laughs> Simple. Oh, my goodness. This is going to be a chomper's good time <laughs> on today's episode of... <laughs> Guys, gals, non-binary pals, welcome to Bananas. Uh, that is Scotty Landis. And that is my favorite comedian, Kurt Brownoller, who has an injured hand from rope burning. Thank you for listening to the <laughs> uh, silliest little podcast there ever was. Are you uh, okay, Kurt? Are you in pain? You know, when I clapped, because we clapped to sync all our mics because we're not in the same room. Right. And I, I clapped pretty hard on this hand that has a rope burn, and it, it does, it stings a bit. But you mm-hmm. know what? I'll use the pain That's as right. inspiration to discuss God. strange news and to have our fantastic guest on as well. We do have a guest. Our favorite guests are when we actually know the person, and they are our friend, and that's our case uh, today. Our guest is an extremely talented writer and actor who you've seen on tons of TV. TV shows, including The Good Place, Jane the Virgin, and a Curdy B, a Banana Boy number two favorite, I Think You Should Leave. Uh, mm-hmm. And you can currently find her playing the role of Flower on the smash hit television show Ghosts on CBS. She's smart. She's cool. She's funny. Sheila Carrasco, everybody. Hi. Hi, everybody. Hello, nice Sheila. to be here. Oh, yeah. That was such a nice introduction. Thank you, Scotty. You know, you want to, you got to gas up your friends, but also your credits are great. A lot of times we're digging for things on this podcast. (laughs) They were the second worm in a production of Hide the Egg. (laughs) (laughs) Really Uh, true. This is, I'm so excited that you're on. Ghost is so, so funny. That pilot is like one of the best pilots I read that the year that it came out, that, that it was written. So it was like, ugh. Congratulations. It's thank you. It's so surreal. It's awesome to be on a show that your friends watch, you yes. know, <laughs> it feels great. And yes. um, it, it's really awesome to be in a BBC reboot. Mm-hmm. I feel so lucky. I was such a fan of the BBC show Ghosts. And if you don't watch that um, for anyone listening, please do. It's fantastic. And um, yeah, yeah. The whole show is just uh, kind of a dream come true, Absolutely. as is doing this podcast. So, well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> You might not know this, but Kurt and I, a couple weeks ago, a couple episodes ago, we were talking about New Year's resolutions, and mine is to see a ghost. And so, have you ever seen a ghost? I know you play a ghost. You play flower. But have you ever seen one in your real life? You know, I can't say that I have. Me neither. But I have had weird experiences when I've been sleeping, which I hear is pretty common. Mm -hmm. Like, people who have Mm -hmm. sleep paralysis have ghost experiences. I guess that's a time when they try to connect or something, like when you're napping. I don't know. But (laughs) (laughs) they're like, you should be sleeping. Get back to work. Um, But I had an experience, actually. We were just finishing the last episode in January. Mm -hmm. We got shut down because of COVID, and we had to go back. And I was staying in this old, I know, right? So 
so 2021. Um, we were staying in this old hotel in old Montreal, which is haunted as fuck anyway, as a city. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I was, it was in the middle of the night. I had this long, intense dream where I was fighting with an evil ghost in my actual hotel room. So I wasn't like in a different place in my dream. I was in the same room and like the dresser was there and all of that felt so real. And it was this whole fight sequence. Like I was in um, a movie or something, you know, with a female wrestler, just like duking it out. (laughs) And I woke up in this cold sweat and I was so freaked out. And I looked over at my phone and it was 3.33 a.m. Creepy. The witching uh-huh. hour. The witching hour. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I got so freaked out. I went and hid under my covers and just like <laughs> shivered until like the sun came up. That's good. That counts. It counts, right? It totally you counts. That totally counts. Yeah. And yeah. I, I was so convinced I was going to ask to switch rooms because I was like, this, ha- this room is haunted. How I'm going to sleep yeah. here the next couple of nights. I have to work, you know. And then the daylight came and I had breakfast and I just was too lazy to ask to switch rooms. I was like, I don't want to have to pay myself. (laughs) I'll deal with the ghost. (laughs) Oh, well, let's get into this story. I want to hear about it. Laugh and laugh and laugh. So we were, this was sent by a few people. The first person to send it in was a bananimal named L L Instagram changed how they post are there dms so usually i just screenshot every story i don't have your handle i'm so sorry you seem like a very nice person l you know who you are (laughs) so here's the headline british man gets dentures back 11 years after losing it in spain Mm -hmm. kurt this is on your favorite news website moneycontrol.com money control i love money control (laughs) (laughs) first thing in the morning is uh get my child my children out of bed my one child and my multiple children (laughs) and then check moneycontrol.com they are that good it was everywhere and also they don't list who wrote it so very not best in the biz (laughs) moneycontrol.com a british man said he was left open mouth I mean, pretty good. After Spanish authorities returned his false teeth to him after losing them on a boozy night in Benendorm 11 years ago. Okay. Paul Bishop, 63, misplaced his teeth in the popular resort in 2011 when he fell ill while drinking cider and had to vomit into a bin. (laughs) So he got so drunk on cider, he barfed his dentures out into a trash can. I believe that. A great start. Uh, Afterwards, this is what is the... Most bananas part. After Bishop's dentures were found in a landfill, Spanish authorities used DNA records to eventually track him to his Stallybridge, Greater Manchester home. He said he was, quote, gobsmacked and stunned, end quote, when he saw his long-lost Nashers. Recalling the (laughs) events of that hazy night. This story is really crazy. Yeah. Recalling the events of that hazy night more than a decade ago, Bishop told BBC Northwest tonight, quote, I had downed the rest of my cider and it decided to come back up. The bin was the closest thing to me. Where we headed, uh, when we headed to the next bar, my friend then turned around and asked me where my teeth were. (laughs) 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 Legendary drinker. And also, also, again, he's 63 now. So this happened when he was 52 years old. He got so cider drunk that he barked his dentures out. Here's where it gets somehow even more bananas and beautiful. So Bishop rummaged around in vain for his dentures in the bin, could not find him, and had to spend the rest of the holiday without his gnashers, even performing as a toothless Elvis for his friend's 50th birthday. So what? He oh, performed wow. without his dentures in as Elvis. <laughs> in does, does not... I don't really even understand dentures. I'm assuming all of your teeth are removed, yeah. and then that's what yeah. you have to. Okay, so uh, it doesn't. It must affect how you speak, right? It oh must, like teeth when you have them how in. You speak, yeah. When, you know, when when you're when they're not in. Oh, definitely. I'm assuming that his Elvis songs were like unintelligible for sure, <laughs> but I would really like to see some video. It's in addition to a thick. British accent, yes. also yeah. with no teeth. <laughs> if you ever imagined what that Elvis impersonator would sound like, you cannot figure it out. So, and he's wasted, and you know he's wasted. He's already barfed his teeth out. He's <laughs> not not yes. drunk at the wedding. This also, was pre-wedding. You drinking. have to barf really hard, I would think, to knock out some no dentures because those get like right? sucked in, don't they? They're like yeah, suction yeah. cups. 
I have ah, no idea. That cider was violent. Anybody who's ever watched Wheel of Fortune knows that polyden and all the securing yeah. different, it's like a glue and you just get them up in there. It's beautiful. <laughs> so anyways, this guy, years go by and the neck, uh, he says, um, <laughs> somebody found his false teeth in the landfill, passed it on to authorities. The next thing you know, they have my DNA and my address from British Records and they popped it in the post. So he gets it in the mail. He had no idea it was coming. They didn't give him any warning. Like, we all get excited when we get a residual check for $14 in the mail. This guy got his old teeth back. It's amazing. (laughs) He describes it as, quote, unbelievable, and that he was absolutely stunned. Everyone knows about my famous teeth, he says. (laughs) I'm going to have to open a Stally Bridge Teeth Museum. (laughs) If he does, Curdy B and I will absolutely visit. I have so many questions. So many. The first being... That the the it's so far away from my 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 ability to conceive of it that there is a there is a sanitation worker yes. in Spain who sees a pair of teeth and instead of just pulling them out, putting them in his hand, and being like, "Hey guys, what's happening?" Uh, yeah. He is like, "We should have these DNA tested <laughs> and find out who they are." They're eleven years old. They've been. Uh, there's not like they're not on the top of the trash can. It makes you know me what I mean? think they must have been part of a crime or something. Like, how do you just oh, DNA test right. something random? Oh, that would be interesting. That's it. I bet you they thought it was part of a crime. Ooh, Maybe they were like, "This is um, this is there's a corpse around here somewhere, or like a right. skeleton. We got to identify these teeth." Yes. And I don't know. I don't know either. I know that the Brits like make fun it. of Americans for caring about our teeth too much. And I just have to say, if you're barfing your dentures out at 52 <laughs> or 51, I think USA, that's the one thing we're doing really well. We make great entertainment and those teeth. Boy, do we have some good looking teeth here. Also, also the, the photograph, I've seen this article, the photograph of the man. Present day, present day, when he's being photographed by the press about his teeth that he vomited into a trash yes, can when he was drunk, mm-hmm. he looks like he is drunk on that day. <laughs> his, his cheeks are so rosy red, yeah. big bulbous nose. Like he's just like, I've had a lot of problems from alcohol in my life, and this is just one of the thousands of problems I've had. Good old Paul Bishop. I mean, it definitely gave him a confidence boost to think that he could open a museum. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Once he got his teeth back, Good he was call. like, yes. Yeah, that is a drunk idea. That is a yeah. cider drunk idea to be like, I know what to do. Um, <laughs> I got my wisdom teeth out last fall, fall 2021. I, they came in straight my whole life. I had never, I, my dentist when I was young said, you don't have wisdom teeth. And then in New York, I never had dental insurance. And then when I got to LA, my the dentist out here was like, you know you have four wisdom teeth. And I was like, yes, I do. He's like, they came in straight. Do you want to take them out? I was like, do I need to take them out? He's like, eh, if they start to hurt, take them out. That dentist retired. So I go mm-hmm. to my new ten- dentist to get a cleaning in 2021, post-Great Quar. And the new dentist was like, what the hell are you doing? Get those out as soon as possible if you have insurance. Thank <laughs> God I do. So I did. It's the easiest thing in the world. I mean, it was like... I, everybody had always told me how painful it was and horrible it was. It was fantastic. I go in, you know, they check your vitals, they put you under. Uh, 30 minutes later, I'm out. I have the big head wrap with the ice things on your jaws. And then in the, uh, I guess in the first floor of the building where I got the surgery, they have the pharmacy where you go pick up your pain meds. Mm -hmm. So I go down there and I'm, not crazy loopy. I'm not David after dentist loopy, but I'm like Scotty after surgery loopy. And uh-huh. I, the only, my first memory coming out of that besides walking off the elevator was the pharmacist is talking to me about my pain medications and I glance down and there is a paternity test that you can buy, which I did not know was a thing. Wow, I didn't, I didn't know, know that. I didn't know that was a thing paternity either. Test, right? Wow. Oh, Sheila, did you know that was a thing? No, but I'm glad to know now. Who knows? I this might is need revol- <laughs> This is revolutionizing Maury. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, There's an at-home test for everything now. Thank you. And we need them. Honestly, yeah. it's wonderful. So I pick up the test while this nice woman is explaining... <laughs> And again, I'll I'll post a picture because I think there's a photo of me wearing. Oh, the other thing I did was find some women's sunglasses and put them on while she was talking to me. (laughs) So I have my head wrapped in like bandages and ice packs. I have women's sunglasses on and then I hold up the paternity test and I asked her, if I take this, can I be my own dad? (laughs) She looked at me like there was no 
glimmer of humor in her eye. She had no sympathy for me being <laughs> 10 minutes out of major oral surgery. <laughs> I guess I just politely put it back, got no laughs. No laughs. <laughs> Gauzed up and just walked on out with my Motrin 600. But it was so funny to me. I'm like, come on, that's a pretty good joke. <laughs> she probably deals with some very stressed out individuals trying to buy that test. <laughs> right. That's true. That's it. She's used to people like asking yeah. way dumber questions because they're in like a real stressful state. I yeah. Just, I was having a goof. Yeah. Four teeth yanked. <laughs> also, why do we have to get our wisdom teeth out? Like what did human beings do for thousands of years before dentistry? What did we all just we had painful wisdom teeth? Is I think so. I, I mean, I learned the hard way. I had a very similar story, Scotty. And I got my wisdom teeth out when I was 28. Um, because yeah. they, I had gotten an infection in the back of my mouth so bad. Like I couldn't oh. even close it. And I oh, went to the orthodontist. Yeah. He was like, you have wisdom <laughs> teeth that you never got out. <laughs> yeah. Cause a dentist told me I didn't have to. Yeah. So, Our dentists yeah, are lying go. to us. Well, there we go. You have perfectly straight teeth. I have straight <laughs> teeth. We don't have, I hope you have no more tooth pain in your life. It is the worst. It is. And I hope one day, if we all have dentures, we all get drunk together and barf them out in unison. It seems oh, like a man. great plan. If we could barf them all like into each other <laughs> so that all the teeth meet in midair and kiss in a way, but we never touch, Sounds that would be me. the best. Um, you guys ready for another story? Here? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, here it is. The internet of dongs remains a security <laughs> dumpster fire. <laughs> updated, and this is an updated headline oh, as well. I have a ding-dong one, too. Sorry about this, Sheila. Here we go. Uh, <laughs> this was sent in by uh, Jessica Hemi. Thank you, Jessica. Thank you, Jessica. She's, had, she's had quite a few on. Mm -hmm. um, and this was in the best place to have a dong story in Boing Boing. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard of that. And this is written by Corey Doctorow. Oh, he's great. Oh, so good at what he does. I would say he's probably the, the best in the journalism business. I know. <laughs> Corey Doctorow definitely sounds like, who's the famous Doctorow? There's like a famous novelist, right? Who's Doctorow? Oh, I don't no? know. Okay. I don't read. Done. All righty. Here it is. The Internet of Dongs is mm -hmm. Brad Haynes' term for the world of internet-connected teledildonic sex toys. Teledildonic is in quotes. Uh, and oh, Haynes, wow. along with Sarah Jamie Lewis, have exhaustively documented all the ways in which internet-connected sex toys can screw you from leaking private data to physically attacking your junk. Oh, no. Yes, oh. but Lewis and Haynes' work remains an obscure curiosity that is mostly followed by information security geeks and now the do not buy advice for these gadgets is going mainstream just in time for Valentine's Day. This is from a couple days ago. Mozilla updated its privacy not included guide, okay. uh, a review of tech gadgets, security and privacy practices to include a suite of, quote, romantic gifts from fitness trackers to smart beds. Sounds fun. To sleep trackers, to sex toys that track you and transmit your personal details to distant corporations and you don't sell want leak that. Yikes. or endanger you don't your want that. private information. Wow. So I'm just going to, here's the bad ones. Don't buy these, um, the Tell do not buy. Sexual things. Sure. Teledildonic uh, devices. Teledildonic devices. Let's get it right. <laughs> yeah. This was teledildonic. This is crazy. I was pleased to see LoveSense blacklisted by name, LoveSense, given the company's incredible, appalling history of security blunders, including making secret audio recordings of your <gasps> sex sessions oh, no. and then sending them to the company over the internet. Oh, no. And the company called this a, quote, minor bug. Oh, so no. Anything by Love Sense, don't get it. It is Don't do it. No. Also, yeah. who works for this company? And, and what is this job that they have where they just yeah. listen to all this? Yeah. Right? What? Who knows? <laughs> Guesses. That's probably their argument. They're like, nobody's listening to it. <laughs> so who makes any noise during sex? Come on, we're all adults. Quietly. What are we going to listen us? to? Someone going, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then, okay, uh -huh. now what's for dinner? Let me check those dates. Two long sighs, a groan, and, and then, then right. okay. 
let's see. Not all the products are do not buys. There's a Kegel exerciser that looks pretty good, but other, others like the Levents Lush 2 get failing grades for sharing your information with third parties crazy. for unexpected reasons. <laughs> oh, crazy. <laughs> While the charmingly named, this is worth it just for this name, yeah. Vibratissimo Panty Buster <laughs> uh, flunks for not using encryption. Um, so yeah, so, so they have actually created, Boing Boing has created its own. God bless Boing Boing. Has, has created its own um uh, list of uh, this these internet sex connected sex toys that you should not buy. So go to Boing Boing and look that up if you are worried about uh, why are we connecting dildos to the internet at this point? Why? Uh, why? I mean, I'm why not? Life. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we can we can do it. That's why. Yeah. I mean, there's got to be some kind of data to mine from everything, right? Like our yeah. our uh, toothbrushes, our electric toothbrushes, or something. You know, everything <laughs> will always. Teach us how to sell more products, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right? And it's long guys... distance romance. You know, there's a lot of people <laughs> that are stranded apart from each other, and you want to give mm-hmm. each other an exciting Tuesday night, for example. Yeah. You know, you, you you strap one thing onto you, they strap one thing onto them. Who knows what happens? Oh, and they pop on <laughs> VR goggles, and there it is. I mean, we're 10 years away from never touching each other ever. <laughs> oh ever, ever again. I will say, I love the names of all of these different yep. sex toys and stuff, and it's one of my favorite things to do is to walk by the local sex shop and just go inside oh, yeah. and just see just the crazy, <laughs> silly... Like, you look at something and you're like, how how is that going to go anywhere on a body? Like, what does that even do? And then you read the back of the pack and you're like, oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> I recommend it. Um, look, I'm trying to look up the best names right now. Vibratissimo um, Panty Buster. That's a good stripper name, too. I think on an earlier ep of the pod, I had talked about when in my college sketch team, we had a, a TV show, and we had bought a thing called a super a super ballsy cock, and uh, <laughs> it was like an 11-inch. I mean, this thing was incredible. And people kept This is like a, a classic dildo. It was like classic, a classic dildo. Had testicles. Mm-hmm. Very- Because you need those. You got that's what everybody wants. <laughs> yeah. Everybody wants that. The most important part of the lovemaking. Mm-hmm. Women love them. Men love them. <laughs> everybody goes nuts for nuts. <laughs> They're uh, pretty. They're pretty. They're really cool looking. Oh we my god. Many people steal the steal this thing. We would throw these big house parties and the super ballsy cocks would always disappear. We at, we at least had two stolen. That the mm-hmm. third one we bought, also I think we had already shot the sketch. So at this point it was just out of principle, like you won't defeat me. I am my own champion. We just put it in our fish tank, dead center so i'll have to find a photo but that's where our safe storage was if somebody wanted to steal it they had to reach inside of an active fish tank oh that's pretty great do you guys was there like i don't know about you guys um where you grew up but Mm -hmm. in new jersey Mm -hmm. there was out by collingswood auction Mm -hmm. there was one adult bookstore yeah and it was like off the side of a road in the woods yes in with like a dirt parking lot and it said adult bookstore and i was we would i would drive by it my whole childhood and just be like what what is the adult bookstore what books do they have what are they reading And then I remember in high school, I was maybe like, it was like by when I could drive. So I was 17. Exciting time. And um, and I was like, guys. You're going to find you out. Wanna, you want to find out what is at that bookstore? And I was like, yes. And so we like pile in and drive to the adult bookstore. Mm-hmm. And it was like, you walk in. And it was like there was some like video booths where you could like go and watch pornography in Not a booth. Cool. Yep. Um, and it was definitely like us just being like, I don't want to go in there. <laughs> 17 and being, you know, very Catholic boys. Yes. <laughs> you don't want to touch anything. Right. And just looking around and then like realizing, oh, this is like there's like sex toys here and everything. Yeah. And, um, and I can't read those. What? You yeah, can't you can't read like, those. This, isn't a, this book. is a bookstore. <laughs> uh, and then I realized finally, like, oh, it's magazines, magazines. That's what yeah. the, the books are magazines. It should be called adult magazine store. But uh-huh. okay. Yes. Um, and so, but I was in a relationship at the time. And so I was like, I'm going to buy oh boy. sex toys. Who doesn't love <laughs> a 17 year old boy. Wow. <laughs> Had just started having sex a year ago and was like, let's get into sex toys. I bought oh, yeah. 
a vibrator that <laughs> I think I still <laughs> I think I still have it in a um in a toolbox that I had in Smart high school. Place. Yep. It was just like it just looked like the most if you if you drew like vibrator just yeah, with like a crayon right right with a crayon <laughs> and like molded out of like just like kind of grayish plastic <laughs> do you know what i mean uh, uh-huh. and it looked, looked almost like a long lipstick uh, i bought that uh <laughs> and then cool also your partner was, did in yeah it. it's pretty telling that you're the one that still has this i How definitely she was react? like she was okay, well this is the thing i got that the, the vibrator and then also got we also did not know what the vibrator was like how to use it in any <laughs> right. shape or form still don't um and then also <laughs> got a anal beads. I don't know what? why. I got a <laughs> Talk about jumping from letter A to letter Z. <laughs> but to me, do you know what I mean? Right? To me, I'm just like, well, sex toys. Like, we'll it's... get one of those, and uh, well, one of those. <laughs> yep. And I think I showed them both to her, and she was like, "What? Do you want to? <laughs> what?" You want to put that in me? And I was like, I don't know. I just, I, I bought these things. <laughs> we lost I, our virginity together three <laughs> weeks ago, and now we're using anal beads? <laughs> Slow your roll. I mean, I think, I think it's great that you had the courage to walk into a bookstore. I, I could not have gone into anything like that at that age. I was so scared yeah. of anyone knowing that I was thinking about sex or uh-huh. having it or, um, you know, having a sexual personality, uh, maybe it's being a girl or something too. Like mm-hmm. you're kind of not as allowed maybe to be. And yeah. I was also a preacher's daughter, by the way. Oh, so that, that helps. Yeah. That. But <laughs> what I used to do is I would draw my own sex cartoons. Sure. <laughs> so I made my own yeah. magazines for myself and they were the worst stick figures. Oh. <laughs> this is very personal, but Oh, I love it. Okay. I love it. Oh my god, it's I would keep them in a jewelry box with like a little uh-huh. key because I didn't want Smart. anyone to find them. Smart. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I could have oh, just gone so to an adult bookstore. That's normal. That is yeah. so beautiful. I love it. Did they have like did they have like different like were they like kind of different scenarios or yeah. was it just like two stick well, figures boning on each yeah page? basically that like two stick figures one had huge circular boobs with a uh, dot in course. the middle of, of each course, yeah, of and course. the other one was Classic a stick design. figure with just a big you know um don't say the word yeah. penis do no, not do say do. it she- doing doing <laughs> Oh, I think it's normal and natural, but that's so funny, dude. It's so funny that you still have it because that 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 conversation, you're being very open and trying to introduce something new and fun and figure yeah. out what the hell's going on, and then it's like you just keep that. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. For you. Exactly. You, it's in there. I think it's still in there. I'm pretty sure. Uh, but yeah, sure. she was just like, "What? What are we gonna? No, no, we're not gonna do this." And I was like, "Oh, okay, all right, I'll, I'll put it away." <laughs> We've gotten more than two stories like two different stories sent to us a few times over the past couple years that were like grandmothers using vibrators as rolling pins without <laughs> knowing it. we have had that a couple times <laughs> yes 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 where I've it's seen like those. oh they're rolling out pizza dough and then everybody mm-hmm. online goes crazy because you know meme all doesn't know that it's not for that purpose mm-hmm. it so we think it though i mean maybe they do know and they're just trying to exactly. repurpose it and exactly. you know kill two birds with one stone Life begins at 40. I mean, everybody mm-hmm. knows that. Um, you guys want tease us into a break. One? Sure. Yeah. And I'm sorry, we're going to get the wiener stories out of here, but Let's we were it. sent this one by, I don't know, 700 Bananimals. It yeah. was ex- I'm going to just name a few. Kaya Lund, Indy Elizabeth, Chuck Clenny, a bunch of my friends texted it to me directly. The Winter Olympics have just ended, Sheila. And a Finnish skier suffers a frozen penis during the cross-country skiing event at the Beijing Olympics. Oh, no. <laughs> I didn't know it was possible. Oh, no. Frozen? It's so strange. Uh, we'll get All into right. it after a More. little break on, as Julia Fox would call it, the Bananas Paca. <laughs> the Banana Paca. Paca.
folks. We are back. Uh, Scotty, do you have any shout-outs? While Scotty gets his shout-outs ready, I just want to remind everyone that we're coming to you. Mm-hmm. Portland, San Francisco, Vancouver, and Tacoma, Washington, and Austin, Texas, for the Moon Tower Comedy Festival. All of our tickets are on sale. Uh, go to our Instagram, Use The our Bananas Podcast. You can, while you're there, DM us some strange news. DM us a strange story that happened to you. Maybe we'll use it for a mini-sode. That's um, right. That's and right. Uh, rate and review us. You can do it easily on Apple Podcasts by just going to ratebananas, R-A-T-E, bananas.com. Uh, and it pops you right, boom, to so you can easily review us. Uh, that uh, is the best way that you can help the show, uh, other than true. by telling people about it. Yeah, if that's you like true. It. Come to the live shows; they're so fun. They're it's like be a, so it's fun. like ninety minutes of you getting to escape your life, ever all the bullshit you deal with every day. Come on out with the Banana Boys. We'll have some drinks. Charlie Fromage will be there. We're gonna have special guests. Sheila, do you shoot in Montreal? Is I do. In Montreal. Yeah. If we do bananas live in Montreal, mm-hmm. we have Vancouver coming up, and if Canada doesn't fail us and we sell out that show, we'll probably come to Montreal. Please be our guest. We Hell yes, I love it. Did you get to? Did you get to shoot in the summertime by any chance? We did. Oh, yes, Montreal is the absolute. I shot a movie there, and it was like the best place in the world right up until October 25th. (laughs) And then October 25th, it becomes a living hell. Oh, it's terrible. (laughs) I think we were there shooting outside in 95 degree, you know, humid weather. And then up until negative 20. Negative 20. January, when I was there in January, is negative 20. Holy smokes. It's an extreme. Yeah, it is beautiful. It's really it's gorgeous, gorgeous, but I love that it, that, the winter there. I just I don't mm-hmm. want to mess with it. It's it's too much. It's dangerous. It's too cold. I don't know how oh, Canadians do it. Yeah, I don't either. OK, let me get these <laughs> shout outs out real quick, guys. These are we have a lot of friends. These are friend to friend shout outs, which is sort friend of a friend. new thing. Guys, we try to keep up. We That's get fun. lots of shout outs and we miss a lot of birthdays because we record in advance. We are sorry. We love you. Keep sending them. Stacy wants to congratulate Maddie Case for getting accepted to the Ohio State University's grad school program and getting a fellowship. She didn't mention what Maddie is studying, so we just hope it's not something very evil. Uh, shout out to Natalie in London from Lauren in Brooklyn. Lauren introduced Natalie at Bananas, so you two are wonderful people. We hope you live to be 150. Mia B. wants to shout out her husband, who just became a registered nurse. Tyler, congratulations on becoming a registered nurse. We're going to do a show in Minneapolis sooner or later, Kurt. We'll see mm-hmm. you, too, in Minneapolis. That's a great comedy town. Oh, I love great it. Great town. Stephen, Ohio. This one's for you from Alicia, North Carolina. Alicia loves you and appreciates your lifelong friendship. They call each other almost every day. Guys. Men and women could be great friends. Get over it. This isn't the 80s anymore. <laughs> and shout out, finally, uh, to Benny and Adam. Kurt, from your favorite band, Three Exits to Hattiesburg. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? When You're I wake up in the morning, when I wake up in the morning to check, uh, what's it called? LockedMoney.com. I'm listening to Three Money Eggs control. and a Hattie. Yeah, um, MoneyControl.com. <laughs> they're recording their first album. And yes. So congrats to the dudes and babes, I guess. Dudes and babes and Three Exits to Hattiesburg. I know Purvis, Mississippi. That's about three exits from Hattiesburg. So go down to Cuevas' Fish House. Say hey to Lindy for me. Get some fried fish. Anyways, that's the shout-outs. Thank you to our beautiful Bananimals. We'll see you at the live shows. Woohoo! Did I have it? Oh, it was me. Here we go. Yeah, Bob. I do have to say, I didn't know you were a preacher's daughter, Sheila. Yeah. Yes. What what religion? Uh, Methodist. There Ooh, we go. Tough one. Strict. Yeah. I, I would say it's like on the spectrum of Protestantism, it's probably on the far left mm-hmm. um, towards Unitarian. But definitely, okay. you know, it, it, I grew up having to go to church every Sunday. I mean, I didn't have to. My parents were actually great. And luckily, I have a good relationship with them yeah. and with my own yeah. spirituality and everything. Um, but, uh, but yeah, becoming an actor and an artist of any kind when you grow up with religion is always interesting and yeah, definitely, yeah, you go through a period of, of rebellion and trying new things. (laughs) You stay above the fray. And I mean, this is a true compliment, you and I've known each other for about five years and I only hear the best things and you're such a great performer and you kind of did everything the right way. So this all checks out. Did you ever have 
bad Hollywood experiences? Did you ever have super annoying auditions or did oh, anyone yeah. ever creepy, creepy producers, any of that stuff? Oh, yeah. I mean, first of all, my journey was kind of a long one. Like it took me a while to get to the place I'm at now. So I'm, sure. I am I definitely kind of tried everything. So I mm-hmm. think I've, I've done it the right way because I've really just... Um, you kept trying throwing myself into every kind of role, like sketch comedy theater, um, making my own movies or whatever it is or self-producing. And, um, but when I first moved out here, I, you know, tried to get a manager and I, I did one of, I would do those things where you paid money to, uh, audition for reps and they would get paid at the end of the day or whatever, but you'd Uh, go in and you do a monologue or sides or something. And then they'd write on your, on your little, um, headshot or whatever, like see me after, or you can call me, you know? Uh So then you, I got one of those at one point and it was kind of hard to get those because for the most part, those reps don't go, they're really looking necessarily for new talent. And, um, said to call him so i went to his office and i'll preface this by saying it was not this was not a creepy experience i did not feel like i was not moves were not put on me so nobody nobody be worried but um i went in and they just said do the monologue you did at the initial audition and i go in and i go into his office and it's like four feet by four feet and he's behind a desk so he's killing it he's killing it (laughs) and he is uh he's like oh have a seat and you know go ahead whenever. And I'm like, okay, you know, I'm a a physical actress. So I'm kind of like, so do you want me to stand or or sit? Or he was like, I just do it. So (laughs) I start doing my monologue. The one I did Uh the day before that he said was wonderful. And like five seconds in, he just sighs. And then he turns to his computer and just starts typing. No. While you're still in the middle of it. Oh yeah. Like at the top. And I'm kind of like, I guess I'm just supposed to keep going. So I keep doing Whoa. my monologue and I'm like, maybe it was an urgent, like iMessage or something he has yeah. to get back to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, after he's done typing, he's just scrolling. <laughs> he's just got his mouse and he's just, he's literally got his chin on his hand, not even looking at me. Whoa. Then I finish the monologue, yes. which is only two minutes. It's a, yeah. that's what they're yeah. supposed to be. Yes. He goes, I don't know. It was better when you did it the other day. Dear God. Oh my God. And I said, well, I was a little distracted. (laughs) And And then he he goes, yeah, yeah. Well, you can't really let that happen as an actor. Oh, my oh, God. God. And I was Fuck so crushed. What a douche. And I'm not going to name him by name, but he does have an office in Santa Monica. So if you know who okay. I'm talking about, yeah, no. Boo. Um, well, eye on his face because yeah. now you're on a hit show that got I picked know. up for a second season, which I was saying to Kurt before you hopped on Chill. It's just so hard. Every step of the way to get on a pilot is mm-hmm. tough. To get a pilot shot is tough. To go to series is tough. Mm-hmm. But then to have a show that people actually watch, that people like... CBS is like, oh, yeah, let's make more. You, you've earned it. So that Thank guy you. gets, hopefully there was some construction. Now his office is three by three. <laughs> Same old computer. <laughs> and he's probably still posting on Reddit or whatever. Oh, I hope is. so. I hope he's eating a lot of pie. Like he, I have a handful of different guys Ooh. that, you know, I'm like, oh, I wish they could look me up on IMDb and see me now if they ever thought yeah. of me again. Yeah. There was this one guy that he was looking at my headshots <laughs> and he goes, well, sorry to tell you, sweetie, but you're no Kirsten Dunst. Oh <laughs> and I was like, oh I, I, I didn't, I wasn't trying to, what? What? <laughs> That's so confusing. Yeah. And he was like, well, you're just not that type, you know? And I'm afterwards, I'm like, what about my headshots made him think I was trying to be Kirsten Dunst? Maybe <laughs> I had like a hand on my hip at one point. Yeah, very Dunstian. That's yeah. her classic move. When she walks on screen and puts that hand on the hip, I mean, in the movie theater, I stand up, I'm clapping, I'm dancing. <laughs> She's got that tude. I didn't have that Dunst tude. That's he, so he got you confused. There was definitely like someone he was meeting that day when someone was like, She's the next Kirsten Dunst. You gotta meet her. <laughs> also, Dunst? Super good actress these yeah. days. She really leveled up. She is good. Okie dokie. Yeah. Here we go. Let's level back down. Finnish skier suffers frozen penis during cross country skiing event at <laughs> oh. Beijing Olympics. The Beijing are the, they just seem like a total shit show, but what mm-hmm. do I know? Um, this was in Rolling Stone, written by Daniel Kreps. 
Daniel Kreps, Cardi B. Mm, D. Kreps, man. He is the best in the band. He is that good. A Finnish skier competing in a cross-country event in this year's Olympics. Finished in 28th place. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> seems not good. But that's because he was suffering perhaps the strangest malady of this year's Winter Games, a frozen penis. Oh, classic. The AP reports that Remy Lindholm, great name, a Metallica-loving skier, Kurt's favorite band. Uh-huh. Uh, best buds with them. Uh, Kurt and James Hetfield text daily. Uh, <laughs> that is not true. I wish it was. Uh, he's a skier on Team Finland. Began suffering frostbite on his third pole. See, Daniel Kreps, pretty good. Third uh, paw. Third pole. Oh, third <laughs> pole. Mm-hmm. I thought it was just like Daniel. Is this really where we're at? His third paw. No. I got one paw, two paws, <laughs> and that's my third paw. <laughs> Rolling Stone has lost its head. Uh, he got frostbite on his third pole during a 50-kilometer uh, mass start race on Sunday. The event itself was conducted under such brutal, frigid conditions that the race was delayed an hour and then shortened to 30 kilometers instead of... Fi- what Whoa. are we doing? Like, wow. what? At this point, this isn't a sport. This is just survival. Yeah. This, this is like shooting in Montreal in January. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who are we? Kirsten Dunst. Um, so you can, so they shorten it. They all wear these very thin layers. Anybody that's ever watched it has seen it. So he said, quote, you can guess which body part was a little bit frozen when I finished. Wow. Lindholm told the Finnish media, it was one of the worst competitions I've been in. It was just about battling through. Despite his frozen appendage, Lindholm still managed to place in the middle of the field of the 60 skier event falling roughly uh four minutes behind the medal winners but 16 minutes ahead of the pack so that's pretty good but my question is what qualifies as a frozen penis does this mean that he had his penis amputated did his penis freeze solid like what is a frozen penis well i'm happy you asked because the ap notes that somehow curdy b this Mm -hmm. is not the first time lindholm's penis has frozen (laughs) what (laughs) (laughs) so they don't cut it off or his just keep growing back maybe he's on maybe (laughs) the water is a little different in finland um, the incident, a similar incident happened during a cross-country oh, skiing no. event in Finland in 2021. No. So this guy's two for two. I mean, might want to pick a different sport. Poor guy. He want to zip up his fly. Or yeah. just, like, like, put a, just put a, yeah, you know, they, they sell hand warmers at the grocery right. store. Or a little cute mitten or a yeah. sock. Socks are everywhere. Do you think it's like swimming where you have to like just have as little on you as possible to go the fastest? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think know. It a is sock. That. But Sock sounds like it's not going to slow anybody down. Yeah. Maybe an extra speedo would be a me- good choice. Yeah, if it means your penis doesn't freeze off, it's probably <laughs> worth it. A second time? A second time. <laughs> um, wow. So when those body parts start to warm up, he there is a team, uh, his coach is waiting with a heat pack. When body parts start to warm up after the finish, the pain becomes unbearable. So it's actually, when it's frozen, you're okay. Uh, but then when it starts to... <gasps> Warm back up, then you're in tons of pain. But thankfully, oh. it's a happy ending. Lindholm's injury did not prevent him from enjoying his nation's surprise gold medal in men's hockey on Sunday night and then the closing ceremony. So he got back out there. Remy is not a quitter. What a... Uh, wow. That's, I'm still incredible. confused. So basically, yeah. this entire story is a skier's penis hurt. Yeah, that's essentially the story. A losing like, skier's penis. A losing skier's penis was sore after competing. Like there was no, this is no like medical condition. There was no frostbite. Nothing mm-hmm. bad happened. It just hurt a little bit. <laughs> when he was done, and a publicist was like, "It's a story." Yeah. Like sent it out. Is the Olympics really that hard up for a, a good for a, a a story that we have to talk about? About this man's poor penis jesus uh, i wonder if this is it. a pretty common thing though that happens that yes, they just don't probably. talk about like it's right? skiers penis like tennis elbow or something mm. <laughs> yeah it's gotta be if they're wearing such thin clothing right <laughs> yeah oh maybe do you think in his entourage he has like a professional fluffer you know like a warmer upper because <laughs> yeah. he knows he that this is an issue he needs one yeah he needs something my god this yeah it's wow. just uh I don't like cross country. Did you grow up skiing or anything, Sheila? Did you ever Never. No, I, I grew up on the south side of Chicago, so we really just 
played basketball and went camping. That's pretty much it. Pretty nice. good. Yeah. Those are two pretty cool things. I it's I think hell isn't hot. I think hell is cold. And I think the closest <laughs> I've ever experienced hell on earth was skiing when I was like ten years old. I a friend of mine, uh, his parents had a, a house in this area of Maryland called Deep Creek Lake, and there's a ski resort there called Whitetail. And so if you have a house there, you kind of like get free lift tickets or whatever. So I'm like 10. So I'm about five foot three, probably, I don't know, 100 pounds, whatever little kids weigh. And I go out with my friend's grandparents. It's two buddies, my one buddy, Charles, and then this other kid named Chris who wasn't quite as close as Charles and I were. And so Chris throws up in the hoodie, in his own hoodie, but doesn't tell us because he's so nervous, uh, <laughs> that he'll, like he was so embarrassed what had happened. So he just rides the whole car ride with barf in his shirt. Oh, and oh, oh, no. We didn't know this till like years later, he told us in high school. <laughs> so when I, I was a very good skier. I was really good when I was a little kid. And so his grandparents were like, we got all the equipment. We'll just show up, get you guys lift tickets, and you'll go on up the lifts. But just like these Olympic Games, there really wasn't that much snow. So Whitetail mm-hmm. had to blow all their own snow. And the grandfather, I don't know, because he was born in the 30s or 40s, I guess, decided that a kid that's five foot three and 100 pounds can ski with 190 centimeter skis. So what I should have had are about 140s, yeah. 150s. So even if you don't know centimeters, imagine uh, a gymnast holding skis that would be better for an NBA point guard. Just <laughs> yeah. imagine that. <laughs> but my other two buddies, snowboarding was so popular. And so they were snowboarders, and I was a really good skier. So I just take these giant skis, and they drop us off, and we go up the first run, and we go this blue uh, blue square, sort of a middle tier ski run. That's pretty hard and fast. And by the time we are like thirty seconds down this run, my legs are so tired trying to control these giant skis that I'm like, this this isn't going to happen. I'm not going to yeah. be able to stop. Oh no! And my friends are just snowboarding way ahead of me and just carving down the hill. And at some point, my little legs were so weak that I just had to put him straight. So I just start rocketing down this blue diamond. I also, mean, the longer square. the longer the skis, the faster you go. Oh, my too. God. They were taller than I was. So, <laughs> so I not only catch my friends, I blast by them. Um, and then I'm blasting by every single person on Whitetail, and I come around the last turn, and it's down at the bottom where the lifts go off, so that's where everybody lines up to go back up. And I was going so fast, I was afraid to fall. Like, normally you just bail or whatever. And because there's no powder, I was afraid to fall because it was going to be hard ice. So I couldn't turn. I couldn't stop. I'm probably doing 60, 70 miles an hour. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) And I just see a patch of grass and dirt. Uh, where they don't have snow at uh-huh. the end of the run before the lunch. <laughs> I just go straight into it. <laughs> I could hear rocks grinding the wax oh. off the bottom of the skis. I could feel mud and dirt flying up in the air. I could hear people gasping and like <laughs> screaming basically. <laughs> and I only go like 30 yards. Like I don't go, but I'm just in the middle <laughs> of a grass field. Two of my friends who are very cool snowboarder guys, one who may or may not have barfed in his jacket that day <laughs> and then i'm just standing there and i can't get out of my bindings because this every i'm just exhausted and like people are running over to me i'm just standing in a field like a total boob <laughs> freezing cold and so then i just had to walk in ski boots across dirt and rocks while people watched me carry these giant skis it was the worst like the whole thing was the worst it was hell on earth in my life at 10 years old or 11 years old. Like right. nothing that bad had ever happened to me for that long. And to this day, I sort of resent that grandfather. I'm sort of like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, and then the funniest part is I just kept skiing that day. Like I just kept doing, I just kept crashing. I would go really fast and crash because I was like, I can't be left behind. I didn't want to not participate. Of course, you're 10 years old. Oh, it yeah, was what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Like uh, uh, maturely be like, guys, I'm just going to wait in the uh, in the lodge, in the lodge. for you I'll for read eight the hours. USA Today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't drink. I'm just going to look at the wall for eight hours. My God. Stories like that is why I don't ever want to try skiing because I'm convinced I'll have an experience like that. Like I'll 
I'll go way too fast and out of control and, and something terrible will happen. And, you know, God forbid, I actually have a wonderful time. <laughs> you will. You'd be great at it. Kurt, Sheila has this great character that she does where she's dancing and she keeps falling and brutally injuring her. <laughs> taking head damage the entire time. It was one of the first things I ever saw her do. And it is so, you're a very good physical comedian. I think you'd be a great skier. You already know how to fall and get there. <laughs> It'd be funny for sure to watch me. <laughs> I remember going snowboarding with John Daly for the first time great ever. Mm -hmm. um, and he, after the first day, he had fallen on his butt so much that he just put... <laughs> He just taped a pillow to his butt and then put his snow pants over it. Great idea. And so then, and he just would like just fall because you fall mostly on your butt when you're learning to snowboard. It's either oh, your yeah. knees or your butt. Oh, yeah. uh, and so he would just land on this pillow and it just like, it, he learned how to snowboard that way. And now he's a really good snowboarder. See, that's so what I would do. You can always do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just need a padded suit. Yeah, you, suit. I, they actually sell them. They now. do? Yeah, they okay. have like special suits to learn how to snowboard in. <laughs> It also, I didn't think about this when I remember that story, but how I'm so glad that Instagram and TikTok and all that shit didn't exist back then because I would have gone viral for being the world's biggest loser. Every <laughs> single person there would have been like, and look at this kid dragging skis across the dirt like Christ. <laughs> you would have been, <laughs> yeah, you would have been on Jerry Slams that day. <laughs> yeah, so I would have been on Jerry Slams. Um, all right, this is, a, I'll send us home with this. We don't even Ooh. have to talk about it. But yeah. it's since we're talking about skiing, since we're talking about the Olympics, this okay. fits right in here. Ooh. I think maybe you might have talked about this, or maybe you told me about it. Okay. This is a, but this is a fascinating story. Um, this was actually published in 2019. Um, this was sent in by Katie Barsati. Thank you, Katie. Great name. Um, this was in The Guardian. And uh, mm. here it is. Worst Olympian ever. <laughs> How a young skier triumphed over trolls. Okay. Mm -hmm. So here it is. I'm going to read the first part of this and then I'll try and sum it up because it's a very long article. I love okay. that for us. <laughs> if you happen to tune into the Winter Games last year, again, mm -hmm. remember this was written in 2019, during the women's half-pipe skiing competition, you might have caught one of the Olympics' most perplexing yep. moments. Half-pipe, which was introduced to the Games in 2014, features yep. an adrenaline-soaked spectacle. Skiers plummet down a steep track into a frozen ramp the shape of an empty motel swimming pool. Mm -hmm. Come on, Guardian. We don't know what this is at this point. <laughs> Come before on. flying up the ramps 22 feet foot walls and launching high into the air for a series of bold tricks bold. for years the olympics have been hemorrhaging viewers to the younger skewing x games adding half pipe among a slew of other freestyling skiing and snowboarding competitions seemed like a clear bid to siphon back fans who craved big air last <laughs> february in the qualifying round in pyeongchang mm -hmm. skier after skier hit the pipe ramp and soared into the sky their bodies flipping and spinning oh, then gorgeous. Elizabeth Sweeney, mm -hmm. an Oakland native who'd been a last-minute <laughs> add to the Hungarian team, started her run, and something really weird happened. She barely did any tricks. Instead, <laughs> she rose neatly up and down the sides of the ramp in a bizarrely underwhelming fashion as the TV announcers, thoroughly confused, narrated the action. Liz dropping in, just getting up to the top of the wall. <laughs> easing up to the top of the wall, showing the judges she can make it down this half-pipe clean. Incredible. I remember this so clearly. That's... It's one of the great Olympic moments of all time. Do you really? Oh, yeah. yeah. The, it was incredible. The overall effect was of... <laughs> <laughs> the overall effect was of a basketball player dribbling up and down the court while never shooting the ball <laughs> or a figure skater cruising in circles on the ice without a single jump. When Sweeney finished her run, she carved her way to a stop at the bottom of the course beside a throng of spectators Beautiful. and parkas, pumped her fist three <laughs> times <laughs> and looked up at the scoreboard waiting for the judge's tally as though hoping she might have done well enough to advance to the medal round. Oh. After a minute, the numbers popped up. She'd, she'd totaled 31.4, one of the lowest scores <laughs> ever recorded in the sports Olympic history. She finished in last place. Oh, I hope she still like pumped her fists after she got her score. I hope she felt great about herself. <laughs> she is she's a fascinating human being. This this article so is a good. deep, deep, deep dive into who she is and why she did this. Uh 
And like, really, Ugh. she doesn't. She she goes She's on here. I'll, I'll tell you here. In an interview on the Today Show, when the hosts pressed Swaney about the backlash, there was a huge backlash. People like said she should not be there. This isn't uh, one one columnist said a CBS sports columnist said she'd accomplished the quote real American dream, scamming the system to achieve your life goals <laughs> while doing the absolute bare minimum to get there. Yeah. She was the Anna Delvey of the Olympics. She was yeah. Anna Delvey. Very cool. She was the Tinder yeah. swindler. We, we um, know these people. People. Yes. Uh, in, uh, in an interview on the Today F- Show, when the hosts pressed Swaney about the backlash, she danced around their questions, further mystifying audiences by acting as though there was nothing unusual about her runs. Quote, <gasps> I just fell in love with freestyle skiing and the opportunities for expression that it gives people. She told the what? hosts vaguely, asked about those who would say she didn't belong in the Olympics. Swaney replied, I thank them for their time and I would just encourage positive vibes for everyone. Uh. Left with no satisfying answers, people continue to puzzle over who Elizabeth Swaney was and how her. this seemingly average athlete had managed to compete on the biggest stage in sports. The, 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 the article is very in-depth. You should definitely go read it. She's a fascinating I human will. being. Yes. But, but basically, like in a nutshell for our podcast audience, she had, she's been training her entire life. Like She decided she was going to want to be in the Olympics when she was like 10 years old. Uh-huh. And she has been training since then at almost... <laughs> Every single sport. <laughs> <laughs> she was like way Roller into like uh, like free uh, um, figure skating. Uh, she didn't make the cut. So then she switched to skeleton. She did skeleton for like five years and then she didn't make the cut. Mm. Then she did. Wow. She went like down the like all of Everything them, all of them until yeah. she found like because it was a new sport, she found in twenty when it was leading up twenty fourteen they they Incredible. put the half pipe in. Incredible. She found out that if she went to every single qualifying event and did a run with no tricks but didn't fall, she would get the she bare won't. minimum of points. <gasps> And if she went no. to every single one, yes. she would have enough points to qualify for the Olympics. Genius. And her grandfather was Ugh. from Hungary, so she's allowed to compete for Hungary. Okay. Incredible. And so she was just on the cusp. She wasn't going to make it. And then three, three um, people got dropped sick out. and dropped Ugh. out. And then she got bumped That's in. She brilliant. was like the last person in. So her yeah. dream was literally just to go to the Olympics. Yes. For whatever. Yeah. yeah, and now she's doing a Ninja Warrior. Now she's like training to do Ninja. Oh, I really want to see that where she just does yeah. the bare minimum. <laughs> yeah, American Ninja bare minimum warrior. <laughs> this is my she's like so athlete. determined. She's like so determined to like uh, just accomplish. She just doesn't quit. I love she just it. like goes and goes and goes and goes. Yes, Bananas YouTube her. It's incredible how little she, she literally just skis down the half pipe. There's there's a very very famous one too that you should google. His name was Eric the Eel. Oh, I'm going to butcher his last name, but I Eric the Eel M- Musambani. Mu, I think it was Musambani. And he was a uh he's from Equatorial Guinea, which I was not familiar with that country. He had only he wanted to compete in the Australian Olympics. He had never swum in his life, so he starts swimming in a lake, and then he goes to Australia to qualify as one of the swimmers to go. And he goes up against two guys that are real swimmers for Equatorial Guinea, and they both double fault. <laughs> so then Whoa. he just has to swim the whole pool by himself. But he only learned to swim twelve months. Oh, no. <laughs> and so he doesn't use his legs at all, just his arms. <laughs> and the videos are really low def. But he's qualifying. I'm not even going to spoil it, whether he makes it or not. But the, well, he doesn't drown and die. I'll tell you that. It's not a sad video. But the commentators are like, this man, (laughs) if he touches the side things, the lanes, will get disqualified. We don't think he's going to make it. (laughs) He's never seen an Olympic (laughs) swimming pool before. (laughs) Eric the Eel Musambani for Equatorial Guinea incredible video this guy just the other two guys dive in incorrectly they get kicked out and he just has to swim in front of an audience by himself and people are cheering him on did he oh, make it awesome he does make it he makes it and went to the olympics and the- <laughs> <laughs> is that how he got his nickname the eel the eel i mean the uh. internet went insane for him because he did exactly what she did it's inc- oh it's the best i think Good the takeaway here is that we all need to try to go to the olympics yes yeah actually just don't sport. quit just like don't whatever quit. you're trying to do don't quit yeah. i remember 
years ago, Eugene Merman, who was like, if there was like, a, if I had a mentor in comedy, it was mm-hmm. Eugene. Mm-hmm. And I remember he just said, he's like, hey man, he's like, just don't stop doing this and you will make a living out of it. Most people quit. Yes. And he said, if you don't quit, you can do this. And I said, okay. And it, it's like, it's like just such a, a thing, but like, it is like, don't quit. Like if you were really love it, you yeah. just have to keep doing it. It's so true. Yeah. Yeah. And you have to really love it. Cause there's a lot you of, do have to really, love <laughs> you know, it, you really otherwise do. it's so much rejection. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but now uh, look at you go. Sheila, do you have anything you'd like to plug anything besides ghosts? Any you want people to find you on Instagram or anywhere? Sure. Like yeah. You can find me anywhere as Sheila Tabasco on Twitter, which I'm new to. And I mm. am, I'm pleased to say that I'm enjoying it. I was not okay. sure I'd like it so much, but it's great. So you can find me there. And yeah, really, I'm just I'm just focusing on ghosts and loving it. Nice. And it's on Thursday nights at 9 p.m. on CBS. It's a great, 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 funny sitcom. Congratulations. You thank guys you. have a second season. That is so wonderful to have a hit show. So excited. And, uh, thank you for being on Bananas and you come back. Yeah. I hope you guys can come up to Montreal, too. Oh, hell yeah. We got to do that. Um, all right, let's say bananas on three. Ready? One, two, three. Bananas. Bananas. bananas? <laughs> <laughs> this has been an Exactly Right production. Produced and engineered by Katie Levine. Theme music by Kahan. And all of our artwork is done by Travis Millard. You can follow us on Instagram at The Bananas Podcast, where we post stories every day and things that we don't cover on the podcast. Listen, subscribe, and please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. And if you're interested in advertising on Bananas, please email us at thebananaspodcast at gmail.com. That's thebananaspodcast at gmail.com. 